mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Jay and Jimmy on Unfair, where we take a musing approach to the sports conversation. We can be found wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. Make sure you go out there and rate us and review us and give us five stars. I think we deserve it. Excuse five anyway. Gifted. So today on Unfair, we're going to dive right into these topics. College football, no go. Continued. Dame versus the Clips. A nice $7 challenge. We'll go in a little bit about uh, Draymond getting fined and the implications of that. And we'll, of course, wrap up with the usual. It's on the other room floor. But first, let's dive right into the topic this way. Jay. Jim Oh, It looks like you are alive. Well, the, the, I the am, people I were am, a little worried. You I know, know. You take one week off from something and everybody thinks you're dead. Right. You I mean you that's, tested that's positive not the case for being jobless. So we were kind <laughs> of curious, making sure that things were going to be okay. Well, the good news is I got the only vaccination that exists. Wow. To that point, last week, as I was off from work all last week, because I do have a job to be off Wait. from. Wait, you're off that, that doesn't compute last with week. you. That doesn't compute with you because Wait. you got to get a job first before you can have something to take off of. But. Jimmy, you don't have a job. I got plenty of jobs. Tommy, you ain't got You've no been job. to one of my jobs before, right? None. Like a month ago? J- you ain't got no job. I got a job. But anyway. Job. Anyway, so I took a week off from the job. So basically, I got to live out one of my fantasies as a sports fan, which is always wondered, what would it be like to be off work and have nothing to do but watch games of the NCAA AA tournament? And I know we go to Vegas. We do that. We watch plenty of games, but we do other stuff as well. So we don't have just all day to do nothing but watch basketball, which is something you and I would do if we had our druthers. But, you know, it's Vegas. It's a lot, lot to do. So I was able to basically watch just about every single NBA game oh. of the restart, literally from what? Actually, from Thursday to the present. The, the, oh. This is the first day I've actually missed games. Oh yeah, because they, they're just playing games in the daytime. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah exactly. I watched a exactly. portion of the Thunder game because it was on. Yeah, and I, and early. I, so. I got to tell you, we may never experience this again under these circumstances, and I hope we don't. But this is by far mm. one of the that was by far one of the greatest weeks as an NBA sports fan I've ever had. Okay, literally. So Jimmy got excited. So I feel good. Watch yeah. a lot of uh, <laughs> basketball. I tell you anything you want to know. And even from that, on my solo, I kind of made mention of this is something you have to cherish and enjoy because yeah. this is. This is unprecedented, as we keep saying about everything over and over and over again, but uh-huh. it is. And it's something that you have to cherish this. This is a moment that you're never going to get back. That's true. Uh, it, it very unlikely we'll see this in our lifetime, at least. Mm-hmm. May, our kids probably won't see it in their lifetime. It may be our kids' kids, similar to the 1918 uh, pandemic, uh-huh. uh, with the Spanish flu. We, yeah, it's going to go. Hell, my grandmother wasn't even alive during that point. So... <laughs> Yeah. With that, um, I'm gonna dive right into our first topic. And so I talked about this on my solo, and I want to apologize to the viewers and everything. I didn't make any videos this weekend. 
This is why. <laughs> I've written three scripts in preparation to building my videos and uh, putting some additional content out there. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty excited. I was going to make them Sunday night, shoot them up first thing this morning, and have them all ready to go. Then a bombshell hit. Mm-hmm. Bombshell is is that the Power Five conferences were having a conversation about canceling the season. When I looked at that, they basically took everything I ripped out the window in a way. <laughs> so first you had the Ivy League that decided to go ahead and cancel all their sports. Uh-huh. Since with them, they don't even give out athletic scholarships or academic scholarships. So for them, this is nothing. This is really not a a, a loss for them. They they this doesn't really hurt them as much because their students are going to come regardless. Mm-hmm. So they went ahead and eliminated theirs even though we don't get the Yale Harvard annual game, which I've watched a few times. It's quite entertaining. <laughs> no, no. But uh, we don't get that. Uh, so they went ahead and started off with their cancellation. Mm-hmm. We follow up with that. <clears throat> you had UConn decide that financially it made more sense to cancel the season mm-hmm. rather than play the season. Good, valid point. So they looked at their numbers and decided that that was what it should be. And I looked at the group of five and thought that, you know what? This is probably going to be something that's going to happen more often. Sure enough, day or so later, Mm -hmm. the Mid-American Conference, the MAC, Mm -hmm. canceled their entire season. Mm -hmm. So once those hit, I started to wonder about the implications behind not only them canceling their year, but what does it look like when come bowl season? So I'm like, okay, the Power Five is going to have to figure out something in order to make this season happen. We already had the We Are United stance from the, the, the United players uh, discussing uh, what they need in order to feel comfortable playing this year. Then the story started rolling in about the Power Five Conference President's meeting. And then today, the Big Ten voted to cancel the football season. Mm-hmm. So, Jimmy, now that the Big Ten has canceled, as it was uh, confirmed that it was going to happen either today or tomorrow, and the Pac-12 is up, do you see the rest of the teams following suit? Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. Some of them, yes, because I mean, this thus far is the biggest conference to cancel. So that really means yeah. something. I mean, the Big Ten carries a lot of weight amongst the Power Five. So that will influence maybe, to me, one to two of the other conferences to cancel their team seasons outright. Mm-hmm. But I still think you'll have one or two sort of maverick conferences who will want to try to figure out a way to at least make an attempt to have a season during this pandemic because you look into the wide world of sports and I know that college is in a different circumstance dealing with student athletes yeah. as opposed to professionals, but you see it working or at least you see the attempt in other sports being made. So I think they look at that and, you know, despite looking at what's happened in college football with some of the cancellations that have already happened, some of them are going to at least try to make an attempt. They're going to try to outdo and outsmart and, in a sense, kind of make look bad some of the other conferences who have chosen to not even make an attempt but to just take their ball and go home. Right. Yeah. And it's funny you say that. I was reading uh, some fans were kind of talking about how Ohio State, in a way, basically carries the Big Ten uh-huh. and how they should leave and go to another conference because right now the discussions are – the Big Ten, Pac-12 canceling. The SEC is trying to salvage the year while the Big 12 and the ACC are in limbo. They're right. trying to figure out what their next move is going to be, right. which, to be honest, I believe if you look at it, the ACC is more likely to cancel mm-hmm. than the other two. I think the Big 12 and the SEC will most likely stick around only because they're in the South. Mm-hmm. That's where football is basically – lived and breathed and so by them being in their location it makes more sense for them to find a way to make this work whereas your northern teams and your western teams 
are similar to their governments decided that it makes it they can't figure out a way to do this safely mm-hmm. and so i get what the schools are trying to do i also see this as an indictment on what the schools are trying to do on themselves for what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. which there's a lot more nuance to them playing and not playing. It's what I think this is what's bothered me on the interwebs and listening to people talking about it is they're not looking at the entire circumstance. Most people are mad saying that the players should have a voice. They should be able to voice their opinion and they feel like they should be able to play because they want to play. Mm-hmm. If you listen or read what the players are actually saying, Yes, they want to play, but not just for the sake of playing. They need assurances, protocols, something in their safeguards to protect them and make them feel safe. They want to feel safe. No different, like I mentioned on my solo, no different than you are in a relationship. Studies have shown that women feel happiest in a relationship when they feel safe. Mm -hmm. Honestly, same thing with men in a relationship. If we feel safe to be able to express ourselves, safe to be able to talk about certain things, we feel more comfortable being in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Same thing with your job. If you feel like your job is safe, you're going to do your best work. This is where the players are. They want to feel safe. And a lot of people aren't recognizing that there's way more to this than just getting on the field and not getting on. So the hashtag has been, we want to play hashtag. We want to play, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't that sound eerily familiar to what the NFL players were saying two or three weeks ago for the exact same reasons. Exactly. And the criticism back then would essentially be what it is now, which is if you've had months to figure this out, why has this aspect not been figured out? Why hasn't it been addressed at all? Right. I've not been able to come up with a clear, precise answer as to why this hasn't been figured out. If you knew you were going to confront these issues come August or September, then why do these student athletes, (laughs) these college football players have to bring this up to you? And in a sense, I guess the offshoot of that is is to me for the first time they've they've united in a much deeper way I think and I think that this will continue because there's still going to be issues to work out beyond the pandemic such as being paid to play in some in some sense that works for everybody so I like it for that reason but the players just like the NFL players should not have had to say hashtag we want to play this is the list of demands that we need in order to feel safe playing so I don't understand why the NCAA would let it get to that point. How have they not figured this out? And I guess part of it is the conferences a lot of times act independently. No, not a lot of times. They act. Okay, so they, they are independent. They act so, independently. So the overarching NCAA structure, that's just nominally. That's just in name only. The conferences decide and run things for themselves. It's kind of like um, Roger Goodell to the NFL. Yeah. It's a commissioner type. The NCAA itself, the brand, the name itself, is kind of like a commissioner over everybody. Each conference act independently in their TV deals and all the stuff they do. Uh-huh. But the overarching has some say when it comes to the national aspect. They're the ones that plan out the national games and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. whereas locally each conference does their own thing. Hence why – Missouri left the Big 12, and so did Nebraska, went up to the Big 10 because they wanted more money because the Big 10 network makes more, and so does the SEC network. And so you're right. They had this time. Why haven't they figured this out? I have to give props to one conference, though. Mm. It feels really weird. i got to give props to the SEC. Okay. This is why. So uh, Greg uh, Sankey, the commissioner of the Big uh, of the SEC, uh, mentioned the best advi- mentioned. This is one of his tweets: "Is the best advice I've received since COVID nineteen is be patient, take time when making decisions. This is all new, and you'll gain better information each day." That's the one thing I can give props to the SEC. They have been the slowest and the most diligent in everything they've done 
They pushed back the start of practice and training. Mm. They pushed back their season to the end of September. They wanted to give themselves time to see what new information may arise that could lead to them still playing their season. Everybody else is pushing to start end of August. They said, we're not starting to end of September mm. because of that. So they're taking the proper approach to make sure that um, there's no I told you so situations in there mm-hmm. where they can either pull out or push in sooner based upon, like I said, the new information they receive. So they're trying to put together the safety protocols. But here's the issue. And this is the problem the players are having. In reading, uh, Bomani Jones had an article in The Undefeated where he talked to players in the Pac-12 during the We United piece. And he's got uh-huh. quotes and everything from them, which yeah. is a phenomenal read because it gives you a little bit more insight of what they're thinking. The players don't want to sign a waiver. They don't want to take all the liability of playing. They want the schools to take responsibility. And that's where your problem is running into. See me like in the sense of if, if while I'm playing for you for this season, I contract COVID-19, the medical expenses that they would no doubt incur would be covered by the NCAA or by the schools of their conferences as opposed to being on themselves. Exactly. Okay. There's And here you go. Here's one right here. I saw there's a player in, at Houston, University of Houston, has a heart condition now because right. he caught COVID-19. Right. Because he caught it, his future's in the air. That is the reason why these players are, are fearful or are terrified. Mm-hmm. They get sick. This could be their NFL career. So then are we talking less about medical coverage and more about sort of insurance in the sense of if this happens to me and it threatens or, I guess, in a sense, destroys what could have been a successful NFL career, what type of financial compensation can I get or do I deserve? It's both. It's both. Uh It's more so not even just the financial compensation. It's the fact that if they get sick, then what? Like this, the uh, Cedric Williams, that's his name, mm-hmm. defensive lineman for Houston. He says, I really don't know the outcome or what's in store for me in the future because he's gotten and now he has heart complications. Could he have had a pre-existing condition? Maybe. But guess what? He could have still played football with that pre-existing condition, obviously, because he's been playing this entire time. Mm-hmm. This magnify those things. And that's what the players are terrified of. And if we can't, as fans, understand why they're cautious, yes, they can go out and play. The morality rate is really, really low. That's cool. But these conditions like this are popping up a lot. Mm-hmm. We have no clue what the outcome is in that portion. So then if if no conference is willing to address that, how can any of the players play? Because the SEC, if the SEC has a plan and they want to move forward and they want to play, if they don't address this, how can the SEC players get out there and play? They can't. That's the thing is that we're being gaslit by all the people that felt the need to jump on board with, oh, we got to let the players, you know, we got to let their their voice matter. If they want to play, we should let them play. Uh-huh. They've also said they want to be paid, but you all say at the same time, they shouldn't be paid. They're getting a scholarship. They don't, they need, we don't need to listen to the players. The adults need to be talking. Which one is it? We need to pick a side. To me, I'm listening to both of them, but at the same time, their we want to play campaign hinges on certain protocols and safeguards being put in. And here's my last piece with this. The problem you run into with this, and one of the players mentioned, if some of these guys go home, Mm -hmm. it's not as safe or they're going back to bad environments or they're in a better situation or even more safe potentially catching COVID playing football than they are going home. Mm -hmm. I am with them on that part. Your problem is, is that you can't trust any of them. You can't (laughs) trust these kids. You can't. They're going to have a party. Yep. 
They're going to all be hanging out in somebody's apartment playing video games. Yep. They're going to have a whole bunch of girls in and out. Yep. That's the that's the stuff that college kids do. Yeah, and they yeah right. So they're not they're not forced <laughs> to change their lifestyle. So they're not going to change their lifestyle. Because like if, if it was if it was up to the NBA players, if there was no bubble and there was on them and their responsibility to protect themselves at home, I mean, sweet Lou, he'd be in Magic City every single night. Hey, look at Major League Baseball. Look at MLS. Uh-huh. They both have run into issues where they've had double digit staff members and players getting sick and testing positive. They've had games canceled and postponed. That's the problem. They got money. They can sit at the house and figure out life. They can shuttle in a few women's in in here if they need to. Mm -hmm. But they have the capabilities of living their life even if they did get sick. And they can't follow protocol. Mm -hmm. So Inherently as humans. So then do you think the exact same thing would happen to a college football team? Like let's say the SEC does uh, decide to play, figure out a way to play, and they get on the field. And one player for Auburn, let's say it's three players – Test positive for COVID nineteen right. of uh of a group of players for that team. I mean, how many t- players are on a in, uh college football team? Eighty five to one hundred. Okay, and so that then like walk ons and all of that. Stuff. Right. So you probably I say about so you to be so safe. you're still able to play. I know you have to test all the other players to make sure no one else has it. But are they still able to play? Or like baseball, do they then have to shut things down? Well, it depends. If one player's got it, there's a chance that thirty do. Uh-huh. They'd have to test every single one of them, get the results back before they travel. And if you are about to travel, for example, Alabama's about to go up to Tennessee and play a game. They find out hat three three or four guys, including their starting quarterback, has tested positive for COVID. Do you think they want to play that game against Tennessee? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to play that game against Tennessee. If OU's traveling to Oklahoma State, hell, just up the highway to Stillwater, <laughs> and we find out Spencer Rattler's tested positive, mm. do you think OU wants to play that game? No. No. <laughs> I mean, it goes down the list. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, any of your big-name players, if they end mm. up getting sick, which they're typically the more responsible ones, but – if they end up testing positive, do you think those teams want to play those games? They don't. Mm-hmm. You just put yourself at a disadvantage. I'm sorry. Inherently, as human beings, we do not know how to follow rules or protocols. <laughs> just ask Adam and Eve. That's your starting point. That was the beginning. And guess what they couldn't do? Uh-huh. Follow God's command. So to that point, lastly, the NFL has to be watching this very closely. Oh, yeah. Because right? it's the closest thing in NFL football, in a sense, is college football. So are they going to go based off of what happens with college football, or does the NFL have their own plan? And regardless of what the NCAA and those divisions decide to do, the NFL is going to move ahead with their plan regardless. I'm going to defend the NFL in this case. I think the NFL actually has a plan. Mm-hmm. Just little things with the PA they didn't address that they were supposed to, they didn't get done. But I think they actually may have a legitimate plan. The only thing good about football, which I think this is actually a good, we can segue into another segment with this because this is um, a good discussion. The one thing the NFL has to figure out is how to get the teams in and out. You can't really have teams fly in the morning of just because depending on the distance, jet lag, legs tightening up. Right. It's kind of a this unfair disadvantage for the traveling team, yeah. which, I mean, that comes with the nature of being a road team, but they usually get to at least sleep a night. So you fly them in the night before, then you put them out there on the field. Mm-hmm. That may work. And then as soon as the game's over, you shower, you fly the hell back out. That can work. They, they have a little bit – for them, it's easier to bubble them in their at homes and tell them, look, you guys got to follow protocol. You have to. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit easier for them than college because in college, unfortunately, you have, depending on most of these are public uh, universities, you have another 40,000 students you got to account for mm-hmm. that, unfortunately, these 100 players can't 
be set, you know, separated from or siloed from because just, I mean, it's college life. It right. takes away from, it takes away from amateurism. Cause if you think about it, they're supposed to be students first, right? <laughs> now right. we're making them just athletes. <laughs> Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. And one thing we always do here on Unfair, whenever Jimmy decides to show up for work, ah, is work. the wait, <laughs> work. The <laughs> news. Jimmy, Jimmy has the say news. news the same time I say news. I had to. Is it, no, you did not. What? Why? <laughs> How many thousands of times have I said news? Anyway, we'll argue about that later. Thank you. All right, so back to the NFL. Uh, NFL game officials, Jay, can opt out of the 2020 season in exchange for a $30,000 stipend and a guarantee that their jobs will be protected in 2021, according to a preliminary agreement between the NFL Referees Association and the league amidst the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, for information's sake, if an NFL, well, the NFL players who have opted out is what sixty to eighty of them, something like that. Do they get any type of? Do they get any portion of their salary for this this season if they opt out? I don't for the NFL. Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. I'm guessing with that they get that stipend of thirty thousand and they can get into their spot. So the NFL players, that's what they get as oh, well. The players, or the players do get a yeah. stipend. They get like a hundred and fifty or three hundred fifty k, depending on if they're high risk or not. Okay, all right. So they're they're well protected. That was that's one thing I was worried about. I was worried about if they offer the referees this package and the players they don't offer them really anything oh yeah the players do have package yes they yeah. do they do okay. and uh, I, I really hope this does I mean the bad part about this is this could look like 2012 and we really did not like 2012 NFL football uh-huh. <laughs> well good job NFL on that taking care of the refs and the players to some yes. degree alright so up next now you sent this to us yesterday I didn't really think it was that interesting because really no punches were thrown but we'll talk about it anyway because it's, it was interesting uh, in a way the Houston Astros hitting coach, name is Alex Centrum, made a vile comment to Oakland A's outfielder Roman Laureano, who's actually on several of my fantasy teams, so I'm not happy about this, said something about his mother, about the player's mother, which prompted Laureano to charge the Astros bench Sunday, and it led to a melee expected to result in lengthy suspensions because the benches were cleared, and it was a good old-fashioned MLB ruckus. But if you watch the video, Jay, you can see this bench, this uh, bench coach, his first base coach, whatever he was, at the top of the steps of the dugout. He's saying things to this player. Then he gets up, and he's motioning to him to come to him. So then the player charges him, and then he backs away just a little bit to let two or three players get in the way. One of them tackles the guy, and then that was pretty much the end of it. So it wasn't, you know, your fun brawl where punches are getting thrown and landed. But what did you think of this? Because you sent it to us. The Astros have a target on their back. But he wasn't an Astro. He's an athletic. It was the athletics coach that said it to the Astros. It, it was the Astros yeah, coach that said it to the Astros the coach at the athletic player. Yeah, yes. The Astros have a target on their back. <laughs> Why in the hell would your coach do something to prompt other teams to have a reason to continue to throw things at them? Like, I thought the brawl was because someone got beamed again because every player likes to bring justice to themselves. They feel like justice hasn't been served. Uh-huh. No different than Americans feel the need that they need to police people when they feel like the police aren't doing their job. That's just that's dumb to continue to add targets to your team. Well, you know what happened? This guy, he got hit twice, and he's a good player. He got hit twice in this game, 
And it makes you think maybe he said something about the Astros because a lot of the players were very outspoken about how they felt about them getting caught cheating. So maybe he yep. said something uh, you know, very, very inflammatory and they felt like this was the opportunity to get him back. Yeah, that's just stupid. Yeah. But there will be more about the Astros coming Manfred up this season. can't protect you if you keep doing dumb stuff like that. He cannot. He cannot. All right, so lastly, Jay, if you've ever wanted to uh, know what it would be like to have Michael Jackson as a football player, you may get your opportunity because the Detroit Lions traded quarterback Michael Jackson to the New England Patriots on Sunday in exchange for a conditional 2022 seventh-round pick in the NFL draft. Now, obviously, we're not talking about Michael Jackson uh, King of Pop, yeah, RIP. But it made me think, just out of the craziness of my own mind, if the Michael Jackson, let's say you're a coach, all right, and Michael Jackson, let's say he's 20, 21 years old, you've seen all of his moves, let's say he wants to play for your team, what position would you put the Michael Jackson at if you were his coach? Uh, wide receiver. You use his footwork. Mm-hmm. Dance through. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Yep. Shake your way through, a little jiggle, a little jazz, a boom, 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 and go. That's his, I was thinking slot receiver. Yes, the slot yeah, would be good. Yeah, yeah, use, yeah, use your footwork. He's not a hitter. Then, He's no, all no, about when you get the ball, get, when you get the ball, get down. Yeah. Get down. He's all about avoiding contact. Yes, he is. That's <laughs> so, stupid. Is that it? That is stupid. That's news. <laughs> and that was Jimmy with the news. Thank you, Bob. What about Prince? If you RIP Prince, if you could have him on a team. Running back. See, I was thinking more of free safety because, you know, Prince surprises a lot of people, just like that that Charlie Murphy, E. Hollywood story about how great of a basketball player he was. Yes. So he would play something that you would never think that he'd be able to play. Like, you know how little Bob Sanders was for the Colts, but how he could just lay people out. I don't think he'd be a hitter, though. You I think, think so? that's the key I think he part would, because about Because that's what you least expect. I don't think he's, that's I don't think he's a hitter. I think he's more um, shifty. I think mm. his agility would be big, bigger with when it comes to Prince. So I'd put him like probably in a slot as or mm. as a tailback. I think he'd hit the hole and just I want him at safety. I'm putting him at safety. Huh. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll get careless coming across the middle because he's there and they won't see it coming and fumble. Okay. Fumble Fumble yep. Ruski. All right. Next up. So next up. Me? Yeah. You? Go for it. All right. So, <laughs> now, Jay, I was actually watching this. Like I said, I watched a lot of NBA basketball over the last week. And one of the guest hosts on NBA TNT, Emmy Award winning program, was Draymond Green. He was sitting in for Shaq. So you had him, Ernie Johnson, Kenny the Jeff Smith, and Charles Barkley, who he and, he and Barkley have had beef over the over the months. They were on opposite sides of the desk, so they, they kept it together. But Draymond was actually fined $50,000 by the NBA for tampering because of comments he made about Devin Booker while he was serving as a guest analyst on Sunday. Now, do you know exactly what he said? They need to get him the hell up out of Phoenix? Essentially, yeah. He said, get him out of Phoenix. <laughs> they were talking about... They, they you were, get my man up out of Phoenix, right. man. Because they were talking about that game when he shot that he hit over the Clippers. Oh, yeah. And just in, how, yeah, how great he's looked Paul in the George's bubble. Face, in Paul George's face. Paul George's face, yeah. Um, but yeah, Draymond you know, also said that it's not good for him. It's not good for his career. They got to get him out of Phoenix. I need him to go somewhere where he can play great basketball all the time and win because he's that type of player. So, Jay, is Draymond right or wrong? Does Book need to stay in Phoenix and try to build a championship team there or get the hell out? He needs to get the hell out. I'm going to put it to you like this. Let me show you. Let me explain to you the cheapness and why the Phoenix Suns probably won't move forward. This is something that got swept under the rug that a lot of people didn't pay attention to, but a buddy of mine brought it to my attention. Mm -hmm. The Phoenix Suns sold their G League team to the Detroit Pistons, and they're (laughs) going to relocate them to downtown Detroit. Uh Listen to me. They sold their G League team, and the Pistons already had one. So Detroit has two G League teams now? In a way. The Grand Rapid drivers are going to have to figure out their own thing. They have like a hybrid relationship, Mm -hmm. but the Pistons ones own their team. 
and Grand Rapids didn't want to sell because Grand Rapids is a distance away. They felt like it was a good connection with the team. But the Phoenix Suns hit them up and said, hey, I want to buy ours because we don't want them anymore. We don't want to spend the money. We like the expense isn't worth it right now. What? So you don't <laughs> want to develop talent to, to move in and shift into? Right. Oklahoma City's probably one of the teams out there that has used the heck out of their G League team. Perfect example, Lou Dort. Mm-hmm. Undrafted. Signed him. him as a two-way. Put him out there in the G. Saw that he was ridiculous. Brought him up. And he's solid. doing some things. Solid player. Solid player. He got his. He finally got his contract because of it. And I, of course, apologize at the beginning mm-hmm. of my my solo. But they're cheap, and mm-hmm. they're not doing anything they need to do to get Devin Booker help. Perfect mm-hmm. example. Devin Booker is a two. He's better off the ball. He's played point guard his entire career that he's been there. They got a Ricky Rubio last year. Well, this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pseudo. Tomato. But tomato. my my point is. They have not gotten him a point guard the entire time he's been there. Mm-hmm. A position that has been desperately needed for him to be to maximize his talent. He's good with the ball. He's better off the ball when he get and then then he gets the ball. He's not someone to bring it up, go straight into ISO and do his thing. He's better when he when he's off the ball. They they're not putting they wouldn't put anything around him. The only reason why they got decent talent there is because they suck every year. You can draft <laughs> every year the top guy. I mean, and hell, the way this Aiton experiment's looking, I don't know. No, no, he can play. He can, he can play. He's, he's not the kind of modern stretch five that you want. Maybe at some point he can develop a three, but he's a solid player as far as a traditional big man. That can only get you so far. I understand that. But no, he can He can play. No, he can play. Yeah. How do you think it's working with him and Booker? Because I think at the beginning of the year, there was some rumblings around it. There were some issues. I think they work. Well, they're working right now because they're 6-0 in the bubble. Oh, yeah, they're 6-0 in the bubble. They're doing yeah. their thing. I yeah. got to give them that. I mean, yeah. the young bucks. I guess that's the young legs kicking in. Maybe, maybe. Now, my take on this is now, I'm very old school when it comes to this sort of thing. I, My default position is to believe that a player, because of the basketball players who played in the era that I grew up in and who stayed with their teams, and I don't think that there's necessarily a wrong or right, right way to do it, but I grew up during that era where you stay with your team, you tried to build a champion there, and if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But you stay loyal to that team. Now, things have changed because of LeBron, who's made the league more mobile over the last decade or so. And I think as much as I want to say that I would love to see a player the caliber of Devin Booker, who's just now starting to get the respect that he deserves. I mean, he just made his first all-star team, and yep. that wasn't easy for him because somebody got injured. I would love to see him stay in Phoenix because Phoenix has not been the crap hole that, let's say, like the Cleveland Browns have been because two out of the last three decades, Phoenix actually had put together a team that was good that could make it to the conference finals or the finals. You had the Barkley Suns in the 90s, and then you had the Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire Suns from you know, between 2000 and 2010. You had the Spurs, you had Kobe and Shaq's Lakers, so they couldn't really get past them. And then this past decade, they had nothing. It was a total, it was a crap show. It was a dumpster fire, just like you were talking about. So to that point, I have to agree. I don't want to see him force his way out. I don't want to see him make himself look like a diva or a prima donna. But I do think that there are other franchises out there who could utilize his talents better, who have better front offices, and who could help him to become the championship, the champion that it looks like he deserves to become. Because it doesn't look like that's going to be in Phoenix, especially in a West that is always stacked and that's going to remain stacked for years to come. Right. So I got to agree with you. I didn't want to, but I got to agree with you. He does, he does need to get out of there. But, again, I just don't want to see him resort to cheap tactics in order to do it. Because, like, most players, like, okay, Kevin Durant, for instance, when he was an unrestricted free agent, that was after his, what, seventh or eighth year? 
Yeah, it was after his second contract. Okay, so, he, his, so first, was, his first big extension. Right. So he was he signed the big extension and he played that out and then he was an unrestricted free agent. So he was right and it was right there, right at the beginning of his prime, or yep. right in the middle of his prime. I have no problem with that. Unrestricted free agent, go wherever it is you want to go. But I, forcing I that, yourself out, I don't like that. I, I think never it's going to happen with Devin Booker as well because Devin Booker looks like he has he's under contract there, making up to thirty six million. Good lord, <laughs> up to twenty twenty three, twenty four. So in about three years, he's going to be out. Mm-hmm. For him, he'll finish this contract out. Yeah, he's not coming back after this contract. I mean, Perfectly he, fine with he's that. young. Yeah, he's born ninety six because he was a one and done, right? Yeah, yeah, he's born ninety six. Uh huh. Lord, he's a kid. <laughs> right. So he'll be around 27 to 28 when this contract plays itself out. Now, okay, so according to the letter of the NBA law, law, okay, yes, it was tampering. Draymond shouldn't have said what he said. But do you really feel like – do you feel like it was tampering? No, 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 no. He's just made the point of the owner sucks in Phoenix <laughs> and they're not going to get him any help. Because I put it like this. Devin Booker and the way Phoenix has drafted over uh-huh. the years should be – in the playoffs every year. They've they've had opportunities for That's young cores to be at least an eight seed, mm-hmm. and they have never produced. And honestly, even with drafting DeAndre Ayton, that was a no-brainer. You had the number one pick. He was you know the be- one of the best, if not the best, players in college basketball. Just his big stud. So, you know, 28 to 30 GMs would have made the exact same pick. So you really don't give them credit for that. That was a layup. Yeah, yeah. They, they, but, well, they had mostly layups throughout their entire time of drafting. I mean, mm-hmm. Devin Booker was a layup. I mean, there's a lot of the, their draft picks were layups. The question is, is why haven't they been able to produce a playoff team? And so, real quick, they have – I mean, they traded for Kelly Oubre, which is kind of weird. He's a solid and player. Tyler Johnson, which – I mean, he is. Mm-hmm. Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> Listen to me, right. Mikael Bridges, Dario Saric. I mean, I'm looking at this team. What do we have here that's – that's? I mean, from Devin Booker, Tyler Johnson, Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, DeAndre Ayton, Aaron Baines, Frank Kaminsky, and mm-hmm. uh, Michael Bridges, Cameron Johnson. I'm looking at this, and I'm just not understanding how in as many times as they've had top picks, they haven't produced much of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's no Robin on the wing, and that's what you have to have. You have to. They should have gotten him a point guard and a wing. They mm-hmm. didn't really need to get him a big, but if you're up there that high, yes, draft a big, but mm-hmm. a wing yeah. and a point guard. If you'd have got him those three, that two, that, that would have been their big three, like an Oklahoma City type setup mm-hmm. back in uh, 20, uh, 2012. Mm-hmm. They could have gone a lot farther. I'll tell you another reason. Just just for me, why I would want him to stay, at least play out this next two to three years, is the coach is Monty Williams, right? who we know fairly well because he was an assistant coach here yes, in Oklahoma City. Guy. So I don't want to see Monty Williams end up in a situation where your best player has forced his way out of town, and then you're stuck with this team without that player that's just that's horrible, that makes you look like you don't know how to do your job, and that's not the case with Monty Williams. And then after that, you never get another job in the NBA again as a head coach. I don't want to see that happen to him. So that that's sort of per, another personal reason why I would like Book to stay, at least play out this next three years, and then – if you feel like getting out of there, get out of there. Did you see um, who the top person is in the bubble right now? As far as what? Hooping. Uh, it's either got to be – it's got to be T.J. Warren. It's got to be Devin Booker. T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren. Guess who drafted T.J. Warren? Phoenix. Phoenix Suns. And got him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. 
Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. We do this, of course, every uh, week. Well, every, no, we don't do every week anymore. We do it often enough. We do it often. We do it um, <laughs> on uh, the first and third show of the month, which is our $7 challenge. Jimmy's got questions. Which, let me ask you this, though, because you know how, how it comes to. Jay's got answers. Yeah, that was terrible. I, yeah, you did, I you did well. It's the $7 challenge. Every time never gets old, Jay. Uh-oh, Jim has a little nervous. You should be, because uh, this week we're going to talk about stepping into the octagon, the history of the UFC. This is um, in honor of UFC 4 that's coming out this Friday, the 14th, on the PS4 and Xbox One, which I'm considering getting, even though I'm not a big UFC fan, but I watched some gameplay of it on Twitch, and it looks like a lot of fun, so I might check it out try to get good at it. So we're going to deep dive into the history of the UFC. Are you ready? Now, you watch the UFC, right? Not like that, but let's go. Okay, I bet I'm ready for it. Drew probably nailed this. All right. Question number one. What year was the UFC founded? Was it 1998-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2001-2
Uh, yeah, Israel's undefeated and Khabib's undefeated. I did not know that. Yeah, UFC wise. Wow. Yeah. I was actually thinking John Jones, but I was like, I don't know if that counts, but I'm never. <sighs> well, let's get this next one right because at least that it's will a, make me a four, feel three. like. Yeah, it's like, it's just yeah. a game seven. A four, four, three, but in the wrong direction. It's okay. We'll, okay, number seven. All right. Who holds the record for the longest reign as a UFC champion? A champion in their division. Okay. All right. Is it Anderson Silva, John Jones, or Ken Shamrock? Shamrock. Incorrect. It's John Jones. Anderson Silva. Oh, really? Anderson? Yep, six years, eight months, 22 days. Dang, Anderson. I think he was a light heavyweight, maybe. I could see that. Yeah, I guess Jones, I think Jones had the most title defense wins. I believe it was 14. And Ken Shamrock, uh, no. He had a lot of wins. Ken Shamrock was a wrestler, right? Yeah, he was a professional. He went back and forth between UFC uh-huh. and professional wrestling. Okay, yeah. He had the uh, ankle... Lock submission. Yes, yes. That's his move. Okay, well, um, hmm. Don't know how I feel about that one. That was fun. I enjoy researching it because I've never researched the history of the UFC. Neither have I, so which so, is the reason why so I didn't I didn't I didn't do well. <laughs> so hopefully it was educational in a sense. Uh, for yeah. everybody. I hope y'all learned something. How many things Drew would have got correct on this? Probably one. What? Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's history. I don't know he trains, but, so he's not much of a historian. A his, I don't think he's, he's, a historian. he's more of a practitioner than a historian. Yes, I think he's more practitioner, more so. Than I, I give him three, historian. three correct, four down. I give him one. No. Drew, I still love you. Um, <laughs> it's Jimmy's fault. So, all right, let's dive into That's the true. next and final topic of the day. Yes. I thought this was very intriguing. The watching the way this um, <laughs> beef has gone down, and it started off with. Um, Damian Lillard and the um, the uh, L.A. Clippers have not really liked each other <laughs> over the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And so it's based upon their game. They played, what was that, three days ago? Yeah, something like that. Two or three days ago, yeah. Yeah, so it was, what, 18 seconds left in the game. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard, in a very most shocking way, missed – Two free throws, both of them, which would have given them the lead with that much time left. And because of that, Patrick Beverly decided to celebrate uh, on the bench because he didn't play that game and imitated Damian Lillard's Dame time celebration. He kept pointing at his watch and uh-huh. fell back and was laughing. And it's funny, one of the announcers was like, okay, uh, Patrick, don't hurt yourself. We don't want you to get injured. Because he kept falling <laughs> back all, uh-huh. all um, wildly and exaggerating or whatnot. And so after the time expired, uh, Paul George and him gave him a wave bye-bye. <laughs> they just gave – exactly. They gave him the Dame mm-hmm. Lillard wave bye. And so from there, it led to a way a back-and-forth trash talk. And so in the post-game interview, um, PG said that PG did the wave because he – also was surprised about the missed free throws because he experienced me experienced being waved at last year. Talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. him against the Thunder, and now he hit him with the infamous wave yep. after that crazy three pointer. He said, "Ask me about Patrick Beverly, who I sent home before at the end of a game. Paul George is a guy sent home by me last year in the playoffs, so they know." The reason they reacted like that is because what they expected from me, which is a sign of respect, and it just shows what I've done at a high clip more times than not. Mm-hmm. And I am not offended by it at all. And so then they went in back and forth in social media. They made jokes. And then George commented on social media. Uh, actually, Beverly posted a Cancun on three with three crying, laughing emojis in the comment section. And then afterwards, Paul George says, you're getting sent home this year with a crying, laughing emoji. Ooh. And Damian Lillard hit right back with, 
Keep switching teams. Running from the grind. You boys is chumps. <laughs> yes. So yes. for me, Jimmy, I want to understand. I have this question of do you appreciate the petty that's going back and forth? I love these it. Two? I, I love it. And normally I don't have time for this sort of thing. Normally I feel like I'm above it. But I think that this does so much for the NBA and that it makes this bubble experience even better because now we have a clear cut villain in the NBA. And it should have been who we always knew it was going to be. It was going to be Patrick Beverly in the Clippers because he's I actually think I think he's usurped. Joel Embiid as being the best troll in the NBA or the most active troll. Yeah, he was on, on and off the court. <clears throat> he so, is. so he between what he and Paul George said, I think that that makes them the clear as much of a villain as you're going to get in this NBA restart. And that's great because you have to have that. And two, if you take Patrick Beverly out, I like that it's Dane versus Paul George because you have two really good dudes, two top 15 players going at it. And I think that in a sense, this is all on the court. This isn't, I don't think they hate each other. I don't think that they're going to talk bad about each other's mamas or anything like that. But this is great because there is a possibility, assuming that Portland gets in now that there has to be a play-in game for that eighth spot, that they should win over Memphis, that these two teams, it's a possibility that they could meet. And if they do, what that would do for the storylines, what that would do for the ratings and people like us, that would be fantastic. So I like seeing two good dudes like this beef with each other, and you know it's just about all basketball yep, and not other deeper, more personal stuff. Yep, so I love beef, it. I love beef it. Is when your mama can't walk in the streets. Mm-hmm. So oh what'd no! You, what'd you think? I, you don't love it. I it's mean, because you love trolling. You love trolling. So. <laughs> I do love a good troll. Yeah. I don't feel like Patrick Beverly really was trolling. I just think Patrick Beverly is being Patrick Beverly. <laughs> but I do. I did enjoy the back and forth between Dame and them. At the same time, I kind of enjoy the fact that the. Trailblazers are not going to make the playoffs this year. You don't think so? Uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to make it. I, I, I sense with Phoenix's win, mm. that just helped them catapult, if I'm correct, the uh, Blazers. Because okay, so, the Suns beat the Thunder today. All right, so, edu- oh, yeah. so educate me. How many teams, now that there has to be a play-in, how many teams are going to be a part of that play-in in the West? The number eight seed and the number nine seed. So you think that Phoenix is going to be able to pass Portland and this won't even be an issue? Yep. I don't want to see that. Is it possible that Phoenix and Portland, I mean, which I guess would still give you the scenario you're talking about, where the Suns get in, so it's possible that they could both jump ahead of Memphis, who just can't get a win. I mean, no one. I didn't really expect them to, honestly, before they lost Jaron Jackson. Right, so it's yeah. possible that those two teams could play. Yep. So then can you imagine if Dame and the Blazers lost that game against Phoenix? The, what could he say? There's nothing he can say. There's no excuse. They shouldn't even be 33 and 39. They should have a better record than that. Because they went to the Western Conference Finals last year, right? Yes. And they're not even going to make the playoffs the next year. They've got to. You know, early in the week last week, the Blazers looked like one of the best teams in the bubble. And primarily it's because they got Nurkic back. It was Nurkic and it was Carmelo Anthony hitting big shots. But Nurk, he went to the baseline and yammed on somebody. I don't know who that was. But he had more hops than before he broke his leg. Yep. I'd never seen him do something like that. So I'm like, between those two, between they got Trevor Ariza playing on D, right? And you have McCollum and Lillard doing what they normally do. You know, this is a scary team that's going to get into that eighth spot and really push and maybe even beat the Lakers because of how they've been playing, which is like trash. Like, Oh, yeah, they've been they've been atrocious. They've been terrible. And Carmelo Anthony stepped up. He's yep. he's become a new. We've we got um. I guess Olympic Mellow is the Mellow you want because this is kind of <laughs> Olympic Mellow if you think about it. They're in a bubble, yeah. which is they're away from their typical surroundings. Uh-huh. This is kind of where Carmelo thrives. He's yes, not no, in his normal environment. Yeah, no no pressure, no pressure whatsoever on zero, him. Zero zero. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I I think that they this could Who, be. Okay, so then if your scenario plays out where Phoenix finds a way to get into that eighth spot, what, 
Actually, let me back it up. Let's look at it this way. Are the Lakers more worried about the Blazers or are they more worried about the Suns? Blazers. They have to be more worried about the Blazers. I think they the Blazers experience. because of, uh, yeah, they got Dame Dillard and C.J. McCollum, two people that are really hard to defend. Uh-huh. Um, the good thing about the Blazers is their, their one-two combo can get you into the beginning of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The playoffs is going to be more physical, of course, but they can get you through the first couple rounds. I don't see them getting past a physical team in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. That's where the issue lies. But I don't see them beating the Lakers. I don't even feel like the Lakers really care right now. I feel and and I mentioned this on my solo. The Lakers seem like they're playing more so to get J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters into the rotation. Mm-hmm. And as well as Alex Caruso, since they don't have Rondo anymore. They've got to just build some chemistry and camaraderie with them and not really care about wins and losses because they're the number one seed regardless. Mm-hmm. They've kind of sealed their own fate. Mm-hmm. So you think that's what it is and not the fact that something is has happened or maybe has happened to this L.A. Lakers team that's made them look so terrible? So you think that they're going to flip that switch when the playoffs start? And then- yeah, I think they flip the switch because if you look at it, I'm looking at everybody's records in the last ten. Everybody's looking kind of garbage like for the most part. The Nuggets <laughs> are five and five, Rockets five and five, Thunder six and four, Jazz four and six. But see, but that's to be expected because Dallas five and five, Lakers five and five, well, Clippers six and four. Well, I mean, it's it's a truly neutral, it's a truly neutral playing field for everybody for every single game. So I so I bet you this is probably it will look more like 500 basketball if the if an entire 82 game NBA season was played on a neutral court between two teams because looking at this early in the week and I was talking to Chris about this um we see just how much of an advantage home court is. Home court is more of an advantage than I actually thought it was. Yeah. And this is showing that. That when you it put, is. Yeah, two basketball teams on a neutral court, especially no fans, just two ball clubs going at each other. You really don't know exactly who's going to win that game because there have been games where the Clippers have been out of it. Matter of fact, they got beat pretty badly last night by the Nets. I don't think Paul George played, but you have them getting beat in certain ways. You have the Bucks getting beat in certain the ways. The Suns beat them. Yeah. The Lakers beat them the first the, game. Yeah, the Lakers have gotten killed in several sloppy. games. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's very sloppy play, and I think that's what it is. Everybody's trying to get themselves into the groove of things. This is where – we talked about this uh, right before the restart on uh, who we felt like was at the better advantage, the yeah. young guys versus the vets. Yeah. And this is where your your young guys statement makes more is more clear. They're out there just hooping. It's like an AAU tournament. Yeah, it is. It's really exactly what it is. It. It's a big AAU tournament. Everybody's at this area. These guys are used to this type of environment, whereas the vets have gotten into so much of a routine, and they like to follow their certain steps and procedures they do and everything in the gym, they don't have that anymore. They don't have their locker to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're a little bit more thrown off at the same time. <laughs> once the playoffs hit and they really turn up the intensity and understanding the, the uh, uh-huh. ramifications of not proceeding, mm-hmm. the, the pressure is going to crush the young guys. Mm-hmm. Just real quick, uh, between those two, between Dame and PG, who do you think is the better player? Oh, God. that is Right, right now, a- who's the better player? Right now, <laughs> I had to give it to Dame. Mm-hmm. I think Dame is better than uh, Paul George. Who would I take? I'd probably take Paul George, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Because it's, it's been so few teams led by a point guard that have actually won championships. I mean, besides Isaiah Thomas right. going in for the Pistons, that's exactly. probably the last time we've actually had a point guard that was the uh-huh. Full-fledged, the known leader of the team, mm-hmm. actually go to the finals and win something mm-hmm. uh, will be Isaiah. I mean, AI is your next on that list. And besides those two, I can't think of another point guard that's taking the team to the finals mm-hmm. and carried them, mm-hmm. leading them in points and everything. Um, that's the issue I've had with Portland is I, I think that their size is what 
always make puts them at a disadvantage. It playoffs is a bodying up. You got to have that 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 weight to handle the uh, the the screens, the punches, the, the mm-hmm. elbows, all of that. It seems like it wears down the smaller guys faster. And, and I mean, that's just been proven. I mean, if you look at, like I said, history historically, mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas is really literally the only one that has won something. Yeah, pretty the, much the top guy. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think of somebody else, and I can't. If you guys know somebody else, please <laughs> let me know. I don't well, know of anybody. Well, Jay Kidd came to mind, but he wasn't the best player on that team. It no, was no, no, Dirk. no, it was, it was Dirk. Dirk. That was yeah. Dirk's team. So that, that was Dirk's count. team. That was Dirk's team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay Kidd was just the point guard <laughs> at his age. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. Uh, Jimmy. So, uh, what is on the editing room floor? Editing room floor. What we didn't get to in the show. Okay. And I left this out for a reason because I hate talking about stories like this. And it's gone, so I'll just have to wing it. Uh, Darius Geis, running back for the Washington football team, was released by them, was that Saturday, Sunday? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, after having been arrested on allegations of domestic violence. Yep. Um, you think we'll ever see him again? Nope, he's done. His career is over, especially yeah. the story that I read on how he strangled the woman until uh, she uh, was unconscious. All right, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. care anymore. Yeah, all right. he's done. Career's okay. over. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of injury problems as well, so he's he's not going to be back. He had promise, but poor decision-making. If he did do this, exactly what they said he did, that's, that's horrible, and he should be in prison. Exactly, he's done. Okay, so uh, as we were just talking about the eighth and final seed in the Western Conference, Zion Williamson and the Pelicans have been, in effect, eliminated after their loss to the Spurs, and I think the Spurs really beat the brakes off of them in that game, yep. so they were not competitive. Uh, uh, does this hurt the NBA that Zion and the Pelicans will not be in that eight spot? Ooh, I think it does put a small damper on things, but we're here to see the stars. And right now, Zion is a star, but he's not a superstar, and the superstars mm-hmm. are on the playoffs. I think that with what Portland is doing, and if you get Book and Phoenix in that eight spot, I think that will make up for maybe 75% of the draw that Zion would have been. But this team, they they kind of look like the Lakers to me in a certain sense, just that, that true effort. That true grit that was there in the regular season isn't there anymore. And Zion was out of shape when he came back, and he never really was able to get to where he needed to be. He was. I blame Alvin Gentry for just not playing Zion. Zion was having good games, and he was pulling them out. Yeah, like that, that first couple of games. The first couple of games, yeah. Even the last one. The last one, if I'm correct, he uh-huh. was hot in the fourth quarter, and he yanked him. Mm-hmm. That, that does, I don't care about <laughs> minutes restriction. You're trying to make the playoffs. Play the man. Mm-hmm. Now he gets to rest for four months. So, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Get that. All right, lastly, uh, the 76ers. I, I feel bad for them. You know, four years of tanking, trust the process, and uh, last week was a bad week for them. First and foremost, you lose Ben Simmons, who is now to have surgery over a partially dislocated kneecap. Yep. And then several days after that, Joel Embiid injures his ankle. Actually, in the game yesterday, the yep. first, second quarter, injures his ankle. And it was a tough game. They pushed Portland to the limit, but they lost the game as well. So even if Embiid comes back, how far can the 76ers team go without Ben Simmons? Uh, they're out the first round. Okay. Should they break up the band now? Yep. Who should go? Simmons or Embiid? Who would you Who would you kick out the door? Next show, we will go through that. <laughs> Next show. Next show, we will go through that. All right. That's it. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all joining us as usual here on Unfair. Make sure you check us out wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to, as well as with our partners at WMQGRadio.com at noon Eastern. We're, uh, we're Tuesdays and Saturdays are the new ones, and we are replayed every day. So uh, for Bob, Mike, and Wendy, thank you so much for doing your thing and helping us out as usual. Co-host Jimmy, solo show will be here this week. Um, I hope my article will be completed because every time I've had some stuff completed, 
a a stone has been thrown through my window, <laughs> uh, not literally, but figuratively. So um, I'll get an article out about my aura ring, talk about that, as well as um, fans in the stands. I actually was a virtual fan this weekend. Really? Uh, so I kind of want to talk really? a little bit about that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was. I was. I was in the which, Thunder, which uh, the Thunder Wizards game. So you saw yourself like, oh, like I did. I'm myself <laughs> on TV and everything. So did you have to pay for that? Um, I'll talk more. Yeah, tell, tell me off that. here. Tell me Stay off here. here. But uh, outside of that. We'll chop it up with y'all in a couple days. Peace. Virtual fandom, that's what's up. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details.